0: Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to River Glen. So good to see you, whether you're participating online or joining us at one of our campuses here in Waukesha or uh, Pewaukee. Uh, my name is Ben, and uh, it's been a little while. I uh, took a little study break to plan ahead, took some uh, vacation time. It's good to be back. i grateful that church allows me to uh, take a, a break from stage and plan and prepare for the uh, future. And I'm really grateful and appreciate our teaching team and uh, guest speakers thought they did an excellent job with uh, real prayer for real people going through the uh, Lord's uh, Prayer. At uh, Cutler Park Friday night, somebody told me that they did such a good job that I'm going to need to up my game um, now, that I'm, now that I'm back. But uh, I agree, they did a, they did a fantastic uh, job. Let's give them a hand, show them some appreciation. And uh, if you missed any of those messages, uh, go to, go to uh, YouTube, go to our website and uh, you can watch some uh, excellent teaching on uh, prayer. Today we're beginning this new series, it's called Love Where You Live. I love where I live. I love uh, Milwaukee, Waukesha area. I spent most of my life living in this area. There's so many fun things uh, to do. Um, How about the Milwaukee Bucks winning the NBA championship? Wasn't that awesome? That's fantastic, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping the Brewers and the Packers will just follow their example. Wouldn't that be great to win some uh, more championships? Uh, How about State Fair? Anybody go to the State Fair uh, this year? Yeah, State Fair. I didn't get to go, but usually do. Uh, State Fair is a lot of fun. I love where I live. But I got to do something a few weeks ago in Milwaukee for the first time. And this was Some of the most fun I've had in uh, in a a long uh, time. Um, How many of you made me really appreciate this area even more? Uh, How many of you like fishing? Anybody Anybody like to go fishing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Anybody ever go fishing on Lake Michigan? Yeah. Okay. A few of you. I got to go fishing on Lake Michigan for the first time in my life, and I went with a group from our church elder team. There were six of us. We found a a charter. A professional took us out on his, his boat. And uh, I know we've got many people that love outdoors, you know, hunting, fishing, camping. I'm more of an indoorsy uh, guy. And I didn't, this is all kind of new to me. I'd heard it gets really cold on Lake Michigan and I way overdressed. I put on like layers of clothing and it was like a hot day, but it was calm, sun shining, it's beautiful. And we caught some fish. Yeah, there, there it is right there. That's a lake trout. Uh, you know, before that, the biggest fish I ever caught was you know like that. Biggest fish by far that I've ever caught. Everybody on our, in our group uh, caught a fish. Each person caught one. Uh, caught some salmon. Made some fresh salmon that night for dinner. That was delicious. I I didn't know like Michigan was so uh, beautiful and the fishing was so good. Honestly, I felt like I was fishing on the ocean. I uh, I love. Where I live. Now, I share that story because fishing. Did you know this? Fishing and Christianity have a lot in common. Christianity started in a fishing village. Look at what Matthew says about this. He says, Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Several years ago, I got to go to the Holy Land, got to take a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee. One of the highlights of the trip, it is gorgeous. And it blew me away to learn. Jesus actually spent most of his time when he, when he ministered around the Sea of Galilee, getting to know fishermen and teaching and caring for people. And then look at what Jesus says in the next verse to these fishermen. He says, come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will. And I'm going to stop right there because I want you to notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, come follow me and I'll make you more holy. Come follow me, I will make you more religious or stop cussing. He doesn't say, come uh, follow me and I'll make you a better husband or a better wife or parent or even wealthy. Instead, Jesus says, come follow me. Look at this. I will send you out to fish for people. I will make you a fisher for people. Isn't it interesting? Jesus says this first more than I will help you to worship me better. I will help you to understand me better. More than all that, Jesus says, come follow me, and I'm going to send you out to fish for people. I will send you out to tell people the good news about me. In other words, you used to fish for fish. Now you're going to fish for people. And here's what this means for us today. Following Jesus means fishing following jesus is more than just you know reading the bible praying uh, going to the church uh, giving uh, generously avoiding bad things that we're not supposed to do no following means fishing it's it's all those things but if there's no fishing there's no real following because jesus is on mission and those of us that follow him are on mission with him as well fishing is so important to Jesus. It's important to us if we follow him. Here's another way to say it. Fishing is the mission. That's kind of fun to say. Say that with me. Ready? Fishing is the mission. And that's why the mission of our church is to make more and better followers of Jesus. Now I want to pause for a moment. Some of you are probably feeling a little bit nervous. You're like, you know, I don't know how to help people find and and follow uh, Jesus. Uh, you're like, you know, I, 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 isn't that the pastor's uh, job? You know, what if somebody asks me a question I don't know the answer? I'm not really that, and I'm not really that extroverted. I'm more introverted. People are going to assume I'm perfect, and I'm going to look like a, a hypocrite. I'll just let the pastors talk about that kind of stuff. I know it might seem scary, but what if I told you fishing for people is a lot easier than you might think. You stick with me today. You stick with us through this series, and I promise we're going to make this so simple and easy. Anybody can do it, and, and you're going to enjoy it and have fun. And if you're watching online or you're here in person at one of our campuses, and uh, you 're thinking this is about sharing jesus i don 't even know if I follow Jesus. I just come to you know investigate my faith and i 've got some, some questions and you 're thinking about checking out. I want you to know we 're delighted that you 're here, and I really hope that you will stick with us because here 's what you can do. You can take these principles that we 're going to teach and you can use these and adapt these to develop better relationships and more influence and impact with your life. This series is for everybody. So here's how I wanna start. I want you to think about this question right here. Why do you live where you live? Why do you live in the house or the condo or the apartment where you live? Maybe you'd say, you know, well, you know, I, I live there because I really wanted a bigger garage. Or, you know, I live there because I I really wanted a backyard by that park. Or I really wanted to live in that neighborhood. Or maybe you'd say, well, that's just really the most that we could get for our money. Why do you live where you live? In fact, I want you to take a moment right now, if you came with someone, turn to them and give them one reason why you live where you live. If you're watching online, you can can type it in the chat. Why do you live in the house, the apartment, the condo uh, where you live? Uh, Give one reason why you live there. Uh, we all have a reason why we live where we live, in the house, the apartment, the condo, uh, where we live. And, and it's probably some benefit. It probably has some benefit uh, to you. It, it probably makes your life better in some way. And that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But what if we began to look at where we live from a different perspective? Not so much as a consumer but as a contributor. You know, what if, we, what if we picked where we live because of the location or because of the size, but what if God actually put us there uh, for a purpose? What if God actually sent you there to live? Because fishing is the mission. Way back in uh, 2005, Marnie and I moved into a house in in the town of uh, Waukesha. We moved there because we wanted another bedroom. We wanted another bathroom. After we lived there for a few years, new neighbors moved next door named Katie and Jim. Katie and Jim were great uh, neighbors. I mean, really friendly and hospitable. They had us over for a cookout in their backyard. Another time, Jim invited me over to watch... A Packer game, we had them over, and, and we enjoyed talking to them whenever we would see them uh, outside. You couldn't ask for better neighbors than Jim and Katie. But then Jim, Jim and Katie went through a difficult time. Katie's dad suffered a stroke and declining health. Katie wanted to pray for her dad, but she didn't know how. And so one weekend she showed up here at uh, River Glen uh, Church, and guess what we were talking about? prayer. She couldn't believe it and she learned how to pray and she started praying every day for her dad. Jim and Katie continued attending. Eventually we baptized uh, Katie. If you uh, drink coffee, if you're ever drinking coffee or eating a donut here, they probably prepared it uh, for you. They volunteered in our kitchen for many, many years. I want to read just a few sentences from an email that Katie sent to uh, Marnie and I uh, several years ago. Ben and Marnie, I wanted to let you know that my dad passed away. On January second. She says, I did want you both to know how much River Glen has helped me deal with all of this over the last year and prepared me to deal with it before it even happened. So many things led up led up to us moving in next door to you, which of course led us to attending your church, which led to a renewal of my faith. And faith is what got me through the last year with my dad. Even though we live next door and don't see each other much, you have made a huge impact on my life through your church. And that is why God Made us neighbors. I want you to think about that last line in your email. God made us neighbors. Could that be true? I mean, you know, we bought this house for another bedroom and uh, bathroom. But is it possible that God sent us there? Is it possible we bought it as a consumer, but God put us there as a contributor? Have you ever thought about your neighborhood that way? That maybe God made you neighbors with someone? You ever thought about why you live uh, where you live? Well, to get us thinking about our neighbors and, and where we live, I'm to play a little game um, with you. Just a fun little game to get us thinking about our neighbors. I'm going to show you some pictures of some famous TV neighbors. There's a lot of TV neighbors. And I want to see if you, if you know who lives next door to these neighbors. So we're going to get started. We're going to go all the way back to black and white TV. Fred and Ethel live next door to who? Anybody remember? Yeah, uh, uh, Lucy and uh, Ricky, very good. Okay, uh, Barney and Betty live next door to? Ah, uh, you're right on it, very good. Kramer, next door to? Very good, very good. Penny live next door to? Sheldon, yeah, Leonard, Big Bang Theory. And last one, Ned Flanders live next door to, probably the most famous neighbors on television, The Simpsons, you know. Many of us are very good at identifying famous TV neighbors, but how well do we know our real? Uh, neighbors, Let's find out. When you came in, we uh, handed out, hopefully you got one of these neighborhood maps. It looks like this, looks like a tic-tac-toe grid. Go ahead and take that out. And uh, if you didn't get one or if you need a pen, I'm going to have you to write down some things in just a moment. If you need a pen or one of the maps, just raise your hand. One of the ushers will bring it to you. If you're watching online, uh, you can click on the link and download this or you can go to our website on the message page. If you click, you can, you can find it there as well. Or you know what? You could just take a piece of paper and make a tic-tac-toe grid with nine uh, boxes. Uh, Here's how it works. The center box, this is you right here. Okay, this is you, your family, and then these eight boxes around you represent the people or the families that live in the houses or the condos or the apartments uh, that surround your place. I'm gonna give you a minute, okay? And I want you to write down the names of the neighbors that surround your place. All right, ready, set, go. All right, now I'm going to give you a moment and I want you to write down some factual information about those uh, neighbors. Maybe their occupation, their children's names, maybe their interests or their hobbies or something that they're going through in their life. So go ahead and uh, write on the map and uh, ready, set, go. Thank you for doing that. I know that was probably for some of us more time than we needed. I know for me, I'm not proud of this, but I tried this exercise and uh, I had many blanks on my map. Sadly, I know more about famous TV neighbors than my own real uh, neighbors. And maybe this is a growth area uh, for you. Maybe, maybe you got some blanks on uh, your map uh, because Jesus wants us to not just know the names of our neighbors, but to really know them and love them. I want to show you a scripture about this from Matthew chapter 22. This religious expert in the law asked Jesus this question right here. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And I can imagine everybody in the crowd perking up as that question hung in the air. If Jesus stood right here, right now in the flesh and he addressed this question, wouldn't you lean in and want to know what's the most important thing that we can do with our our lives? Well, here's the answer Jesus gave. Here's the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. Jesus says, love God, love your neighbor. That's what matters the most. That's the most important thing that we can do with our our lives. And so here's what I want us to consider today. What if we really started to take seriously the second part of the great commandment? What if we really started to make our neighbors a priority? Now, here's one of the reasons this can be a little bit challenging, a little difficult for us, is we have a tendency when we hear Jesus say, love your neighbor, we have this tendency to think, well, everybody is my neighbor. And you know what? That's absolutely true. I mean, your 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 co-workers, your classmates, those are your neighbors. anybody who has a need is your neighbor. God wants us to love everybody. But here's the problem: if we keep it general, and everybody is our neighbor, it's easy to feel complacent and over overwhelmed because we know there's no way that we can get to know and love everybody see when we're neighbors with everybody oftentimes we're neighbors with nobody when we aim at everything oftentimes we hit nothing and if you study the word neighbor in Matthew chapter 22 in the original language, the word for neighbor it, it means near it means near to it makes sense doesn't it that God wants us to love those who live near us. It makes sense to start with those closest to us on our mission of fishing. And it turns out that many people in the world have already discovered that this is actually a great, great uh, teaching. I was on vacation last week and rode by this uh, uh, restaurant. Look at this sign, big sign on the side, love your neighbor. Everybody agrees with that. Everybody uh, uh, thinks this is a great teaching of, uh, Jesus In the book, The Art of Neighboring, the authors tell this story about a group of pastors in Denver. These pastors in Denver, they met with the mayor of Denver, and they asked the mayor, what's the greatest need in the community? Here's what the mayor said. The majority of the issues that our community is facing would be eliminated or drastically reduced if we could just figure out a way to become a community of great Neighbors. I mean, think about the issues in our neighborhoods, in our, in our cities that would be eliminated or drastically reduced. If we, if we could figure out how to become a community of great neighbors, physical, emotional, and spiritual needs would no longer go unnoticed or unmet. People would feel loved and cared for. Children and students would feel safe and valued and guided by those who live around them. Loving our neighbor, I mean, it's not only the great commandment, And the right thing to do, it is the best strategy for accomplishing God's dream for the world. Let's look again at what Jesus said is the most important thing uh, that we uh, can, can do. Imagine you're standing in the audience and he says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Now, I think if we heard that, if we stood in the audience, we would all feel satisfied with that answer. Yeah, love God. I'm on board with that. I can get behind loving uh, God, you know, uh, 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 un, uh, unless we're struggling with a really tough time spiritually. Most of us would say, yeah, yeah, I love, I love God. But then Jesus adds more. And uh, he says, the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, why do you think Jesus added this second part? Because the guy asked for the greatest commandment, one commandment, not two. So why did Jesus add this second part, because um, it means, you know, I gotta love the guy whose music is blaring until 1 a.m., and I gotta love the, the lady who's always talking about how great her kids are compared to everybody else's, and I gotta love the person who never has their dog on a leash and leaves little presents on the sidewalk and on the grass, I'm saying, loving my neighbor, I think it's harder than loving God. Well, here's why the greatest commandment has two parts, love God and love your neighbor. It's because when you love God with all that you have, God transforms you into a new person through his love. And God not only transforms you into a new person, God empowers you to love your neighbor. And so the transformation doesn't happen just because we try harder to love God and love our neighbor. It happens as we understand and experience how much, God loves us. What Jesus says about loving God and loving our our neighbor uh, begins to make sense within the greater story that Jesus came to earth and lived a perfect life and died on the cross and resurrected from the the grave. And he offers us the chance to a whole new kind of life. Theologian N.T. Wright says it this way. That's when these commandments begin to come into their own, when they're seen not as orders to be obeyed in our own strength, But his invitations and promises to a new way of life in which bit by bit, hatred and pride can be left behind and love can become a new reality. So when Jesus says, love God and love your neighbor, he invites us to a new way of life filled with meaningful relationships and purpose and mission. A way of life that calls us not just to consume but to contribute a way of life that can transform our neighborhoods and our cities and our world to what God dreamed uh, from the beginning. So what does it really mean to love our neighbor? What does it look like in our daily lives to love our our neighbor? Think about it this way. This might help because the the word love is such a broad word. It's such a general word that I think it's easy for us to just overlook the practical side of love. But what if the command said this? Like your neighbor as yourself. Like your neighbor. I mean, that might make this simpler and easier um, to think of this command as like your neighbor. Because when you like your neighbor, you show kindness, right? And kindness can be a ramp. can be a ramp that leads to loving uh, them. And notice Jesus doesn't give any qualifiers here. He doesn't say, okay, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. If your neighbor believes the same as you or if your neighbor behaves the way you do, or love your neighbor as yourself if your neighbor votes the way that you vote or looks the way that you look. No, no, no. He just says, love your neighbor. It means that we love our neighbors whether or not they ever come to church. We love our neighbors whether or not they ever believe and follow Jesus. We view our neighbors not as a project or a target, but as people to love. But at the same time, I don't know how to love my neighbors without wanting them to experience the greatest love in the world. I I want them to know and experience what Jesus has done in my life. I want them to know what it's like to be forgiven of my past and have purpose in the present and to have a rock solid hope for the future. I want to help my neighbors to find and follow Jesus because following Jesus is the greatest way to live. So I've got a few challenges for you to help us love our our neighbors because it's the greatest commandment and because our mission is fishing. All right, here's the first one. Learn the the names of your eight closest neighbors. Learn their names because it shows kindness. It, It shows that you love and value a person when you learn and remember their name. Who doesn't like to hear their name? Studies actually show that when you hear your name, it activates unique functioning in your brain that doesn't happen otherwise when other names are mentioned. And summer and fall are great opportunities for us to spend more time outside and, and engage in conversations with our neighbors and get to, get to know them. Maybe you go for a walk in your neighborhood and, and say hello to a neighbor. Maybe you take the chairs from your backyard where you like to sit and move them into your front yard so that you can see your neighbor's and say hello, and learn their names, and uh, get to know them. Let's make it our goal to fill out the name section of the uh, map by learning the names of our eight closest neighbors. Okay, here's challenge number two. I'm calling this do an intentional act of service for a neighbor this week. If you're like, you know, I don't even know my neighbors. I don't even know anybody in my neighborhood. An act of service might be for you to just introduce yourself and intentionally have a conversation with a neighbor. You know, it's been a tough, tough time for everybody. Ask them how they're doing. L- listen to what they say. If, if you already know some folks, maybe you could uh, mow your neighbor's yard or uh, speak a word of encouragement or kindness to a child in the neighborhood. Maybe bring cookies to a neighbor. Start small and build your capacity to love where you live. I want you to take a look at this video from another church to see how somebody. Did an act of service for a neighbor. Take a look.
1: I guess you could say that we, my family and my husband and I are homebodies. We don't do a whole lot. We go to work, come home, have dinner get ready for school, get ready for work the next day, and go to bed and do it all over again. We kind of just stick to ourselves. Hola, como That's Good. How okay. was school, baby? Well, some people can say we don't have a lot of people in our circle, we just don't really even have a circle. It's just kind of our family. <laughs> We've been living here for two months now. My husband's name is Omar. We've been married for six years. We have a daughter, her name's Mercedes. I don't know a whole lot about the neighborhood. We don't know anybody that lives around us. We haven't introduced ourselves. We've seen the neighbors. I can tell you, I know that there's a four other family, three other families that live in the same fourplex. But apart from that, I don't know any of my neighbors. One of the reasons is fear, fear of rejection. It's just, it is awkward. Um, stepping out of your comfort zone you're not sure how people are going to react at my church recently we've been talking about how god wants us to love our neighbor and i've been thinking about that uh, i've been praying about it in prayer i found you know some i found peace and some comfort i think it's a step of faith you know on my part to let myself grow just go out and do it So our homeowner's association sent out a newsletter that we're having a community garage sale. One morning. So we decided to make some breakfast tacos and um, hand them out. Mm-hmm. Give them a taco, introduce ourselves, let them know who we are, how long we've lived here, and see if maybe we can establish or build a relationship with them. I'm surprised that I'm not nervous, because um, it's not something that I would see myself doing that I um, thought I wanted to do, um, or that I would want to do and I'm doing it. I wouldn't have done this a year ago. Without a doubt, I wouldn't have done it. Hi, good morning. Omar, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, yeah. Tanya. We're still Is this your garage sale? Yeah. Y'all have got quite a bit of stuff. Wow. Oh, yeah. We're still taking it out. Okay. Well, we wanted to come by and introduce ourselves. Take advantage of the yeah. of the community garage sale. We wanted to bring you guys some breakfast tacos. Oh my goodness, okay. look at you. Did yeah. you make these? I did. Uh oh They're so they're still warm. I didn't label them, but What kind of I think it's important for us to love our neighbors because that's what, you know, God's created us to do. It pleases God. Oh, yeah. Maricela, did you meet oh, yeah. them? They live yeah. down the road. Hi, i Maricela. Yeah. Nice, How are you? nice How are to meet you. Igualmente, gracias. Yeah. If you make friendships or relationships, build relationships, trust comes in, love comes in. And only God knows what what will develop and how far, you know, it will flourish. I mean, we could potentially be making lifelong friends. Bye, it was nice meeting you guys. Bye, Manifela, bye-bye. Take it easy. It wasn't scary, it was, it was, uh, it was nice. It was um, easier than it was initially. Um, how I was gonna approach them, what was I gonna say, it just came naturally. You know, initially it was scary. Now, it's, it's becoming more natural and normal.
0: Yeah. By the way, if uh, those tacos, if that made you hungry for tacos... Uh, we just happen to have uh, tacos available in the lobby here at Waukesha after the service, so uh, you can you can dig into some uh, tacos i don 't make very good tacos at home, but I can find other ways to love and serve uh, my uh, neighbors, maybe take some baked goods to a neighbor and If it seems odd to do that, you could just say to your neighbor, my, my church challenged me to do something nice for a neighbor, and I chose you and just hand it to them and act. Service. Last challenge. Some of you have people around you that have already expressed spiritual curiosity, spiritual interest, or maybe it's somebody at work or somebody at school. And this is a great time, this is a great opportunity to invite someone to welcome weekend. That's what we're calling uh, the weekend of uh, September 11th and 12th. Now, every weekend is welcome weekend around here, but this is going to be an extra special weekend. Our team is working hard to create a service that's going to be inspirational and help us understand in a better way the new life that Jesus has for us. And after the service at both campuses, we're going to have just a big celebration in the lobby and in the parking lot. Many of our community partners are going to be here with us. We're going to have balloon artists and magician for the kids, live music, and as Don mentioned, uh, free pancakes, all you can eat with toppings and sausage. I mean, pancakes are great, right? And so don't miss that, that weekend, Welcome Weekend, and invite somebody to come with you. So we've got three challenges today. Learn the names of those eight closest neighbors. Do an intentional act of service. Invite someone to Welcome a Weekend. And not only will you love your neighbor and obey the great commandment, it is going to bring you joy and a, and a sense of purpose in your life. You're going to find that it's deeply fulfilling when you contribute to the lives of other people. Pope Francis said it this way, Rivers do not drink their own water. Trees do not eat their own fruit. The sun does not shine on itself. And flowers do not spread their fragrance for themselves. Living for others is a rule of nature. We are all born to help each other, no matter how difficult it is. Life is good when you are happy, but much better when others Are happy because of you life is better when you love your neighbor let me pray for us God we know that uh, you love us and God we love you and today we commit to take seriously the great command to love our neighbor by loving the people who live next door to us God help us to love them with a love that is beyond ourselves a love that comes from you and and goes in us and through us. We pray for opportunities to get to know them and show kindness and serve them. Help us to bless our neighbors. God, you've blessed us. Help us to bless our neighbors and earn their trust and the opportunity to invite them to come and, and find out more about you. In Jesus' name.